Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this first interview uh, for Tito's Alti Sales Best SDR Review. Um, today, I have Sam Silverman with me, uh, who is a rockstar SDR at Outreach.io. And uh, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions and go deep into his process to understand what he's doing well and why he is uh, performing better than uh, most other SDRs. As quick background here, I spoke with a few different SDRs from Outreach, and I asked all of them, who are the top three SDRs at Outreach? And uh, everybody mentioned Sam as one of the top three. And of course, they're varying every month or quarter per quarter. You can look at different metrics and so on. But Sam was an outstanding um, SDR, according to everybody. So here we have him today. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Tito. Good to have you. So. Um, Welcome, welcome. And let's start with the, with the first question. You know, what, what I want to know first is tell me a little bit more about Outreach. What, what do you guys do? Who's your, who's your target customer? Um, how does this work? Yeah, absolutely. So Outreach is a sales engagement platform. And the, the pillar of Outreach is sequences. So a sequence is a workflow of selling activities designed to elicit a response from a prospect. And we use them to ensure follow-up, secure new meetings, and ultimately make the day-to-day -day life of a sales rep, customer success rep, any client-facing or customer-facing rep, their life easier and give leadership visibility into what works, why it works, how it works, and just have total visibility and transparency into what you can do to make your team better and what's working, why it's working, so you can continue to do that as well. Cool. That sounds awesome. And that actually helps us uh, a lot here because my first question I was going to ask you is, what does uh, what does outreach actually provide you? You know what uh, you walk into outreach, your new SDR. You know first week you come in. Uh, what tools do you get? Do you get any scripts for the phone? Do you get templates? Do you get leads? What do those leads have phone numbers and emails? Like tell me tell me more about how they enable you and what your what your day to day life is like. So like most of our clients, we're all account based. So when you come to Outreach, you're given select accounts, and those accounts continue to grow the longer you're here. And within those accounts, we have five different personas we go after. So we have mm -hmm. sales management, sales leadership, sales operations, a new field of sales enablement, so sales training falls in the same field, and then also marketing, because a lot of lead gen activities and sales does really align with marketing, and they sometimes even fall in the same hat. Mm -hmm. So when you come in, you're given your accounts. If the accounts are recycled, meaning someone else has already previously worked them, whether they no longer work here, or the accounts should get transferred due to inactivity or whatever it may be. Some accounts will have prospects in them, but we also partner with ZoomInfo and a few other, other data providers to help us pull resources so we can pull their content information, direct dials, emails, and then put them into our leadership builds out sequences for us. So those workflow of selling activities, they are calls, emails, social touches, send a gift, whatever it may be that our management leadership just seems necessary to secure meetings and secure these appointments with potential accounts. Wow, that's really cool. So what I'm hearing here is you, you walk in, you get a, a list of companies and you get a tools necessary to find the right contacts there. So you have something like ZoomInfo and you, you mentioned you might have a couple of extras um, that allow you to, uh, give me a second here. Uh, Sorry about that. I was I was getting a phone call, um, but but they're yeah, giving you the accounts and they give you um, they give you the tools so you can find the contact information. Um, tell me, you, you're also getting all the all the email templates directly from leadership. So SDRs are not allowed to write any email templates like ever, or maybe after a couple of months they give you access to to craft your own and experiment. 
Um, for the most part, just in terms of scalability, the leadership and management does control the email templates and sequences that we use. Um, a big part of success, though, is the ad hoc email. The ad hoc email, you can get far more in-depth and personalized. And if you know something about that person, it really does help you to position yourself and also be relevant to what they're doing or what their company may be doing. Cool. That's awesome. Man, that's very similar to how we run things uh, internally here at AltiSales. So excited to hear that, you know, Outreach, which is uh, leading the industry in this uh, thought process, is, is doing something very similar. Um, tell me about your specific role there. So are you doing any inbound, outbound? Uh, what's your work like? So for us, the SDRs are strictly outbound. Um, and then we also have the, the MDRs too, which are handing marketing qualified leads. So those are people that come in via inbound. We do have a qualification process for that though. So if I have an account and there's activity on the last 30 days and they do come inbound, that is still get pushed back to the SDR just because that was most likely driven by the SDR in terms of the interest or engagement on their part. And due to us being account-based because we sell to accounts, not most, mostly B2B. And therefore, if someone else comes from that account, that's still your qualified lead due to that. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Great. And it's a 30-day cap on it. Yep, we have a 30-day rules of engagement. Fantastic, yep. Cool, man. We do the same. Usually, we uh, we try to make it 60 days, um, but it also depends on the on the size of the accounts, right? The bigger the accounts, if you're going after an Oracle, um, it, it might take some time between them forwarding emails and, and talking until they decide to come inbound, but that, that sounds great. Um, tell me about a little bit kind of the compensation model for SDRs there. Are you guys being based uh, or your compensation being based on meetings booked, meetings performed, pipeline created, revenue closed? Uh, what are you incentivized to do? So the way we're compensated and measured ultimately is by sales. So sales accepted leads. Those leads we have served, we have five qualifications for those in order to fit our exact ICP and the companies they want us going after in terms of seat size, CRM, um, position in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're based on sales. So our quota now is 10 sales a month per rep for a fully ramped SDR. And we're commenting on that. And then after that, there are uh, different kickers on top of that. So if you go over it, it's a different kicker. And if you go on top of that, there's a following kicker as well that are all yeah. retroactive in terms of compensation. So they'd rather people performing at a very high level. So it just gives you add an incentive to keep pushing towards the end of the month, at, even after you're at goal. Okay, cool. That that makes sense. To to say it in a slightly different way for for the rest of for the rest of the audience too that doesn't know what sales are. Um, it seems like so. You, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so it's a sales accepted lead. Once the initial meeting happens, there has to be we have five qualification points, and once all those are met after the initial meeting, the account executive we have a specialization in sales, so we book the meetings, we pass them along to our account executives. Once they accept that lead as a sales accepted lead then that's when the compensation kicks in. Um, we do have a bunch that will not be sell at first and then maybe a few weeks later or a month later do flip due to certain activity within the account or the deal progressing. So it's, it's never just a one and done if, if it doesn't go right away. Interesting, okay. So you, you need to pass a qualified meeting to them and then you have an accelerator program is what you're telling me. So maybe, maybe for the first meeting you get a certain amount of money, you know, and then after you go over 10, that amount increases. And there's another kicker even beyond that if you continue to to make progress and, and do it better, right? Yep, exactly. Cool. When it comes to your OTE, if you can share this, give me a little bit more insight into what percentage is a base salary versus, you know, 
those other 10 meetings helping you get to your final OT? Is it a 50-50 split? Are you 60-40, 75-25? OT is a little more than than two, I'd say 2.3 to 2.5x of your base. Um, so okay. definitely a little more on the variable side. It can definitely be a lot more on the variable side if you do perform well. So it definitely are a very aggressive commission plan in terms of wanting to grow our business very quickly. Okay. Wow. Very, very strong commission plan. So if your OTE is 2.5, your, your base, that would mean that you're at around um, 60, 60% commission, 40% base. Uh, thinking about it this way, right? Um, I'm throwing random numbers just for audience sake, but if your base w- was, let's say, 40,000 and your OT was 100,000, that ratio is 2.5x. Your base would be 100K. So uh, just to give the audience yeah. an idea. And then if you do really yeah. well, it actually kicks up. How much more do you get for your 11th meeting versus your 10th meeting? Are you getting twice as much compensation or 1.5 or 3 or how much or just 1.2, maybe only a 20% kicker? How, how big is the kicker there? So the kicker isn't huge, but it's retroactive. So it actually does play out to be a decent amount of money just due to all of your meetings are then kicked back to that new standard of qualification point in terms of the dollar amount per meeting. Oh, so it's retroactive and it will count for all the previous meetings as well. Yes. Ah, okay. That's that's an interesting way to... Uh... To put that okay perfect man that that gives us a lot of insight into how you guys are incentivized and and how it works i think they'll help the audience understand so now you're the best performer out there one of the top three according to everybody i talk to um what what is what are you doing what's your secret sauce right are you booking most of your meetings from email from social from phone what's working for you um i'd say a good portion are on the phone but a good portion of those that are on the phone are prefaced by a personalized email so I'm a big, big advocate of personalization and value props within the first email opposed to an automated sequence where job postings and LinkedIn are huge for me because our primary targets and our bread and butter is VPs of sales and sales leadership. And every good sales leader is actively hiring for new sales reps. And in their job descriptions, they give you good insight into how their company's structured, what they expect out of their employees. And you can then position outreach to fill those gaps of their needs. So you're getting more insight into how they operate, why they operate that way, and a good idea of their goals. And when you have that, it makes it far easier to have a warmer conversation. That's very interesting. So help me understand here. I, I like drawing the line uh, when I'm when, when meetings are being booked, at least for my team. I like uh, giving it a source. Like, was this source via phone or email, right? So one thing I say is you're, you're telling me that they're prefaced by an email, but how far has that email taken the person? Like, is the person responding, sure, happy to to look at outreach at some point and just calling and, and setting up the time? That would tell me the meeting was booked via email, right? But if, if they looked at an email, they're like, uh, they don't respond or whatever. And then you call them, you're like, hey, I sent you an email. I want to talk about this. And then you book it. I would, I would, say that you've sourced that via phone with a with a little help of an email. So where do you think you are? Is it sourced via email according to how I see things, or are you seeing sourced via phone with a little help of email? So I'd probably say about a third are just booked via email, email sent, email response with, hey, let's meet, and then you coordinate times. Um, I'd say a good portion, maybe another third, are ones that are prefaced 
by an email, meaning the email's been open five, six, ten times, forwarded along. You can see a visibility into all that with an outreach. And by doing that, they know who you are when you're calling and they're like, hey, saw your note, looking forward to connect. Um, and that's more of just a coordinating times type thing because right. most people we do reach out to our senior leadership in terms on the sales side. And they may see an email, think it's a great idea, a great concept, but actually replying when you have two or three, 400 emails a day, can you lost in the weeds? So getting them on the phone right. after they're, once they know who you are, know what you do, it's an easier conversation to navigate. And that email really helps you bring immediate value prior to even speaking to them. So right. I'd say about a third, third email, maybe 30, 35% more email converted on phone. Another portion, the rest is phone and maybe in a few percent on social. Nothing huge on social. Okay, nothing huge on social. That's very interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, uh, executives are busy. They they want to respond. They forget, get stored in their inbox somewhere. And uh, one, one thing I love about outreach, because we use it internally, is that you can actually, and, and I have my outreach here on my other screen, so let me, let me see exactly what this is called. You can sort by prospect engagement, right? So, like, my SDRs, they get on the desk. When we need a big push to book another two more meetings this month to hit our goal, um, I usually don't don't have them rank too much by prospect engagement. They just go by priority. But uh, when we're gonna do a big push, we go by prospect engagement. How about you? How do you sort your your daily calls? Do you always go by prospect engagement? Absolutely. So on sun Sundays are a big day for me in terms of sequencing and writing good cold emails. And they'll get open. So most executives, six nine p.m. Sundays is absolute bread and butter time for them. They're they're looking at their email. They're prepping for the week. So. Hmm. I'll have a ton of engagement built up Monday morning and then all, all day Monday, I'm making 150 calls. I'm calling a lot of people and my call volume drops throughout the week as you start getting more strategic again. That front part of the week is very call heavy due to having such high engagement. If someone owes my email five or six times, I'm going to keep calling them until I speak to them. So it's more of a, when am I getting an answer? Either I'm going to get a yes, no, or a timeline on when it would be a yes. So I make sure that if they're that actively engaged with the content I'm sending them, that I get an answer or a timeline as soon as possible from them while it's still fresh in their mind. And especially in a subscription-based model, timing is so crucial because we're annual contracts and as are all of our competitors for the most part. So it's, you know, it's staying on them throughout that whole time that allows you to have that proper timeline where they can do full evaluation or, or go head-to-head with a competitor. Right. That's what I'm talking about, man. I think this is going to be super helpful for the audience because you're giving us key insights into what makes you such a successful SDR. I mean, you're sending, you're prepping on Sunday, you're sending those emails, looking at the engagement. You said 150 calls on Monday. Um, that's that's a really good amount, you know. Like uh, internally, I try to keep our SDRs at about 100 calls a day. Um, that's our benchmark. But it seems like you're much more strategic here. You're much more call heavy on Monday. And as a week goes by, you, you go heavier towards email and personalization. Run me through what that looks like for you. So in terms of, of company-wide, our KPIs are about 75 calls a day at a minimum and then 40 people sequenced. So you have enough pipeline to continue to call people. Um, mine won't be that even day to day. I'll typically end up around the 375 to 450 calls a week. And, but my call volume, it starts very high and drastically drops throughout the week as I get more strategic because I'll hit my goal number for Tom's meetings book usually on Monday or Tuesday. And by doing that, it allows you to spend more time in personalization and being super targeted so you can work on those bigger accounts. So it's harder to get into accounts. So the, or Sunday right. sequencing and sending emails, Monday pounding the phones, getting answers from what time, when, or a timeline. And then Tuesday, still a lot of calls. 
and then Wednesday it really tails off in terms of calling. Right, that's awesome. Um, quick, quick question here from, you're saying it allows you to get into the bigger accounts. It didn't seem necessarily from the way you were talking about your compensation that there's a big incentive for you to go to the to bigger companies or bigger deals. Um, is there a reason you would you would do that that I missed, or or, or is it just a, a thing of pride that you want to get the bigger companies? Um, definitely a little of both. Um, we're making a bigger initiative towards bringing in some bigger enterprises and strategic accounts, so those accounts can just equally be a qualified lead. It's just you may need to spend. I'd rather not burn my bridges with those accounts with poor emails or poor content. So I make sure I spend a little more time on them because right. I know if we do if we do get one of those accounts, they're probably a higher sell rate in terms of my compensation, in terms of the percentages that it will be a sell, and also just for com- company wide too. It's it's good to bring in some big logos. That's awesome. And then I that's that's so interesting. I want to talk a little bit more about your secret sauce and and what else you're doing to be super successful. Another thing you mentioned is that when you were when you're writing those emails, you go look at the job post um, or job post that they have for sales, so you can understand the requirements. How do you use that on your emails? Like and and how long are your emails or how short? Straight to the point. Do you vary them? Do you you build a whole sequence according to that job post or do you just send a one-off email how, how how's your so, process over there yeah so the biggest thing is outreach does have automation but i personally use that automation to keep resurfacing the personalization that I spend so much time on because so a typical sequence for me will look like a personalized email then their calls scattered in there and that email will have two or three bumps on it so if i send you a really personalized email tito and you open it Three days later, you may get a, a reply to that same thread. Hey, Tito, just seeing if, if you got this email, looking for some time to connect, what be best for you? So it's super brief, but it's a reply thread to that first email. So that first email is going to repopulate based on right. that. Um, like you were saying with job postings, so a big qualification for us is that the companies need to have Salesforce because we have a huge bidirectional sync with them. And that just helps us with our churn and just helps us helps the customers get the best use out of us. Right. So you can see if they have Salesforce, you can see if they're full cycle or if they're SCR to AE handoff. It's a very different conversation. So if I'm speaking to someone who was hiring for full cycle reps, a huge value prop is that your reps are busy closing business. That's what you want them to do. How do they maintain that full pipeline while doing so? We can allow those teams to pass the hunt and book meetings while they're closing business. That's a huge, huge point that we can help them do. A lot of companies can't help them solve that problem. And if I'm reaching out to someone who has an SDR program and they pass the meetings off to AEs, it's very easy because I can speak about my day-to-day because I'm selling to someone who is going to implement it for someone like myself. So you're able to have that personalized conversation and speak to your personal story and tell them how you use it, why you're successful, how it makes your life easier, and ultimately how it can make their life easier. Cool. That's interesting. You know, and, and the more you talk about this is um... – the more I think about list segmentation, because it seems like for you guys, you just get a list of accounts. And of course, you're segmenting by title and persona. But then, like, what if you knew that out of the list of accounts you got, imagine there's 100, you know that 70 have Salesforce and 30 do not, right? You could create two different sequences for the ones with Salesforce and the ones without Salesforce that emphasize different points. Or what if you knew that out of the 70 that have Salesforce, 30 have or really emphasize, or let's say 60 really emphasize the SDR, right? Or they're hiring SDRs and, and 10 do not have any SDRs. You could also 
create different sequence for those, right? So do you have a process for that? Is there a way you could do that? As, do you kind of do that manually yourself or, or, or is that not even something you guys are thinking about? You just work on one-off. So we have our sequences built out based on persona, um, not totally vertical based or not totally com uh, company structure based, but they're based on persona. So we have five, those five uh, personas we primarily target. We have different value props, different pain points for each one of those that are fairly universal. So we really try to dig into what this specific person would benefit from it, whether it's a VP of sales who's looking at their closed revenue or sales management who's looking at the rep KPIs in terms of how can they get everyone producing and how can they get everyone participating in quota. Or sales operations, how can they make their team more efficient, have better data to make company-wide decisions off of? Or marketing, how can they convert more of their inbound leads into actual sales revenue? And sure those salespeople make the necessary touch points to secure those deals. Um, right. Sales enablement, sales training, just having that predictable process that you can plug new hires into, getting them up to speed really quickly. You know, decreasing ramp up time, hiring, firing is extremely expensive. So we really help them with that aspect of making it sure new hires can fit the build and really get plugged into a system right away. That's awesome, man. Um, that's really good information. I think that that is uh, all the questions I have for you today. Um, I think you've you've been amazing here, providing um, everybody who's going to be watching this video soon all the insights into how your process works and, and why you're being so successful. Um, any last uh, comments or, or things you, you'd like to mention, Sam? No, I, I definitely think you're a, big, you're a big advocate of the SDRs in terms of looking at it as a career choice as opposed to a stepping stone to other roles. I think the SDR role is definitely a good job for a good first job or a good second job, career change, whatever it may be, in terms of figuring out what you want to do and seeing all aspects of business. Especially if you want to start your own company one day, I think the SDR role is great because you have to learn how to actually hunt for new business. Um, yeah, that definitely think gives you a really good, just really good, just a really good idea of, of how a company is run and why, and why people are choosing to go this route. Correct. I agree with that 100%. I think it, it builds the foundation. And even as a founder, it helps you understand how you build relationships, right? Uh, one of my biggest compliments I got recently while working with a company was uh, the professionalism with which I handle my company, right? So I always dress with a buttoned down shirt. I uh, always talk to my clients. I'm never afraid to pick up the phone and call a client and say, hey, I want to review this proposal I put together with you, hop on a meeting before I even send it to you. I don't, I don't let anybody, for example, um, I receive a proposal from my company before sitting with me, looking at the screen and seeing it and running through it and answer their questions and, and things like that. And that courage to just have more you know, interactions via phone and so on was built by by being an SDR and running SDR teams for, for the past five years. So um, uh, I'm really stoked, Sam. Thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, we'll be posting this soon. And uh, both of us will be answering questions in the comments. So just... Uh, Leave your comments below, and uh, we'll talk with the audience soon. All right, Tito. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Tito. Same.